The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. Exploring our oneness with spirit and each other. Unity Online Radio. Thank you for tuning in for this Unity Partner Program. Unity Online Radio partners with spiritual leaders from organizations whose mission and messages complement Unity's. We are pleased to bring you this program on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Welcome to Main Street Vegan with host Victoria Moran. Victoria is an author, inspirational speaker, and a certified holistic health counselor and vegan lifestyle coach. She's here to entertain, educate, and inspire you on your journey to look and feel amazing, eat extraordinary food, help animals, and create a physical body perfectly attuned to spiritual growth. Now, let's get this party started. Here is your host, Victoria Moran. Welcome, everybody, and happy vegan day to you or veg curious or wherever you are along your journey. We're so, so happy to have you. A couple of announcements before I start bringing on amazing and fabulous guests. This week's post on MainStreetVegan.net slash blog is by a really smart lady. She's a master's degree nutritionist and a vegan lifestyle coach, longtime animal rights person. She's worked at PETA, the Doris Day Animal League, HSUS. She is Vicki Stevens, and her topic is health. Weight is only one marker. So if you're somebody who struggles with a few pounds, but you feel you're healthy in spite of that, New research suggests that you just might be right. This is a fascinating read, so do go over to MainStreetVegan.net slash blog and check that out. And if you're listening in the future, just scroll down uh, and you'll see weight is only one marker of health. That post will pop up for you and be very enlightening, we hope. Speaking of health, I am still involved in the Panchakarma process that I'm in mentioned last week, the Ayurvedic cleanse that I'm doing with the good people over at New York Ayurveda. And uh, it's going really well. If you want to know more, um, check out the Main Street Vegan newsletter. If you don't get that every single week, then just uh, go to MainStreetVegan.net and click on subscribe to the Main Street 
Street Minute, and you'll just get in on all the stuff that I don't talk about on the show or that's too long to put on social media. We'd love to have you as part of that family. And speaking of the family and expanding it, it's going to grow by two in this very hour with a couple of amazing guests. After the break, we will be bringing on basketball legend and now vegan legend John Sally. And right now, we're going to be talking to somebody who is doing some pretty cool stuff in the vegan business world. And that is James Lucas of GrapeCat.com. James is the founder of this online vegan clothing and accessories store. He started out selling his T-shirts at the Jersey Shore and is now traveling the East Coast selling vegan clothing and accessories at VegFest. So um, if you're looking for products that make a difference, check them out, grapecat.com. And welcome to the show, James Lucas. Thank you. Glad to be here. Well, it's wonderful to have you. I just always so much enjoy seeing your booth whenever I'm at a VegFest, and that's pretty often. And you sell really nice things. I think so often, you know, at festivals, we buy kind of T-shirts and little things that are sort of on a whim. But some things that I've purchased from you are really quality, like the first pair of really good sunglasses I've ever had in my life came from you because I always worried I would lose them. But now that I have a really good pair, I know every minute exactly where they are. Yeah, well, that was the thing. That's the whole reason we started the company was because when we were we became vegan, we were looking for high-quality uh, things that fit our value, so that's the whole reason we started the company was to get those higher-end products because when you say the word vegan, there's still that that mentality that it's cheap, it's it's ugly, you know, it's not made very well. So we really wanted to change that for the average consumer that they could still be dressed compassionately but have high-quality merchandise. So what merchandise do you carry? So we carry... T-shirts, tank tops, sweatshirts. Uh, we carry mat and mat, handbags, purses, and wallets. And we try to find local and small, smaller people that really can't get into the big retailers. Like we carry Compassion Co., Herbivore. Um, we have a Ferocious Vegan T-shirt that's really popular, and it's a one-person uh, store in Canada. You know, we ca- we carry the vegan collection wallets. Uh, we also carry some wallets and bags by a uh, company by Malia Designs, and they hire Cambodian women and give them jobs, and then any profits from the company go to help fight human trafficking. Oh, that's such an important cause. I'm so glad you're doing something to help with that. So how does a vegan retailer decide which companies to partner with? Um, it's... I like to find, well, it's important that they match our core values. And, you know, that's either using recycled materials, um, USA made is important, and organic and uh, materials are also important to us. So we try to find companies that make that, that match those values. 
So take us back. Let, let's do the pre-company. Let's do how did you get to be vegan and then bring us into business. Um, I first became vegetarian after talking to a co-worker. And then after about eight years, I wanted to start a vegan supper club. Even though I was still vegetarian, I wanted it to be so that anyone that came could eat anything that was on the table. So we started the Bucks County Vegan Supper Club. And a group of us, our core members, all went from being vegetarian to vegan. That's cool. Now, that's interesting when you said supper club. Now I understand what you mean. More, I guess, kind of like a meetup where people would get together and do this. But when I first heard the phrase, I thought about, like in the old days, I mean, I'm sure this is way before your time, but back in in the 50s, and they would have these supper clubs where you could go for dinner and dancing. And I want somebody to open one of those. In fact, when Kathy Freston was on the show, we had this wonderful talk about how we need a vegan supper club with with a nice band so <laughs> yeah, a future no, it, business idea it 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 first became and i it, it was called the supper club because we i noticed that there were a bunch of chefs that were having um restaurants just open in their homes so that was the first idea is that we would have people come to our home and we would teach them how to cook vegan but after doing that a couple months the members were like let's just have this as a monthly potluck i'm like yes that's a better idea because the first our first meeting it people came at four o'clock and they didn't they actually left before i finished uh cooking dinner at eight so Mm. i I, it was a lot of work and i'm like yeah it's better to just have people come monthly and have a potluck and it'll be more fun and less stress Yeah, well, I think any kind of self-employment, any kind of being in business is really tough. But when you add food to it, that's exponentially difficult. So hats off to the people who do that. So now you're in the the clothing and, and accessories aspect of things. Is this your entire business or do you still do the day job? No, um, a year and a half ago, I stopped doing the day job and this has been my full-time job for the last year and a half congratulations that's that's a wonderful thing so do you consider yourself primarily an online retailer and the veg fests are on the side or the other way around no um i consider myself an online retailer and the veg fests are an easy way to market the company i see okay so what have you learned being in business um if you build it, they don't always come. So we've been working really hard. <laughs> we've been working really hard to get the word out that we exist. And so, you know, the easiest way for us to do that was to go directly to our consumer at VegFest. But uh, so we've been we've been working hard over the last three years to really visit, uh, get better products in and let people know that they do have a choice in the products they buy. Now, how did you come up with the name Grape Cat? It's named after my wife. It combines her love of cats and wine. Ah, oh, that's clever. Very interesting. And after the break, we'll be talking with John Sally about wine. It's amazing to me sometimes how the two guests have these things in common. Yeah. So for, for other people who have a vegan business or they're thinking of having one, how do you break into the veg fest, and what, how does that all work? Um, 
you first do a search for, I would first do a local search to see if there's one in your area because the expenses can add up really quickly. So you just go online and see there should be a tab where you can either contact the, the, the organizers or they'll have it right online where you just apply for the Veg Fest. And then once you're in, I, I know there's a fee. So do you consider a success when you've made a profit or do you feel that you reach so many people for the online business that even if you kind of barely break even at a particular veg fest, you are still glad you went? Yeah, I mean, that's the one thing before signing up for a veg fest, you really have to de- decide on your purpose if it's going to be a marketing or a selling. So, so I know, and sometimes it takes a while. I know one veg fest we did, we broke even, but then when we come back the next year, we really made some great money. So sometimes it just takes the people in the area to get to know who you are and spread the word that, you know, you exist. Yeah. Well, and I think, too, your table has to look good. Now, this is the thing for me as a speaker at many veg fests. Sometimes they'll give me a table, and I had a tablecloth made and all that, and I put my books on it. But because I'm not really a vendor, I don't have the bells and whistles. I don't have the big thing that hangs up behind the table. So it's almost like I don't have an appealing table, and that's why I very rarely even do one. But your table looks good, and I always want to go there. If there are five or six good-looking tables, I'm drawn to yours. So what's your design secret? Um, I've worked really hard, and, it, you know, that's the thing is the display takes a while, for you, not only for you to figure out how it's easily for you to, you know, to set up and break down and fit in your car. Um, but also, you know, how people, when they're walking by, how to track their eye and make sure it's organized well. So we've been work. It's taken, a, it's taken me a long time to go from when I was doing uh, farmer's markets to what our display looks now, and we're always adding and upgrading and trying to find the best way to get that done. So it does take time, and I w- if someone's starting out, I would go to a veg fest and start just, Looking at how what what um, which displays really attract you, you know, if you're selling the same products, what they use for displays, and see if there's something you can find in the the same the, you know the same products too. So there are certain things you think people are looking for at a veg fest, and they'll just buy it from the first vendor they see that has it. Yeah, I mean, I've noticed some people just. They'll come in, the first thing they do is they'll buy it from, you know, they'll get excited and just buy it then. But a lot of people like to see the whole veg fest and then come back to the few, the, the, where they really want to spend their money. Yeah, yeah, I understand. How fascinating. Really quick at the end here, do you have a favorite veg fest? Um, it was the Baltimore uh, Soul Fest. Um, that one's a lot of fun, but I just got back from Asheville, North Carolina, and they just really made it one of the funnest ones I've been to. It's, uh. um, they, they had a opening drink night, so there was, you could go to the bar, a vegan bar they just opened up, so they had a band, and you could meet all the speakers, 
And then on Saturday, they had all the speakers. So if you're visiting, you know, you could see, you could, you could listen, just sit in the room and from nine o'clock till eight o'clock at night, uh, nine o'clock in the morning to eight o'clock at night, there were all kinds of speakers there. Because usually when you go to a veg fest, you have to decide if you're going to wait in line for food or you're going to walk around and see the vend, uh, the speakers. But this made it easy. You could just, there was no distraction. So oh, that, that is, fabulous. yeah, so that was really, that's become my favorite one and I can't wait for next year. Wow, and Asheville is such a cool town and such a beautiful place. James Lucas, grapecat.com, grapecats, plural, on Twitter. And I will put all their fabulous social media on the show notes at MainStreetVegan.net. Those will be up sometime this evening, so do take a look. And thank you so much, James. I will see you at the next VegFest. That sounds great. Thank you. (laughs) Take care. And everybody else, stay with us because we have John Sally coming. the place where spirituality and recovery meet, where we support your spiritual growth. Reverend Anna Schaus, Ph.D., interviews down-to-earth guests who share with you how they keep going and growing in recovery. Spirit of Recovery is the place to get practical tips and join in lively discussions on topics that matter to recovering people. This program welcomes everyone who wants to know more about recovery. Join Anna and her guests live every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Central Time on Spirit of Recovery, where we talk about what keeps you growing. Only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. As Unity Online Radio continues to expand its programming and outreach to the world, we count on the support of listeners like you. Please make your donation today. Go to www.unity.fm and click on Donate Now. Understand the laws of the universe and live a life based on these profound and unwavering truths, then your dream life starts today. No more waiting, no more wandering. 
If you're ready to let go of the striving and move into the allowing, you're ready for everyday attraction on Unity Online Radio. We study the teaching of Abraham given to us by beautiful Esther Hicks so we can release confusion for clarity, exchange struggle for serenity, and have the time of our lives today. Join host Ray Zender every Friday at noon Central Time, 10 a.m. Pacific, on Unity Online Radio for Everyday Attraction, where the law of attraction gets real. Listening to Main Street Vegan with Victoria Moran. If you have questions or comments about today's topic or any other area of interest, we invite you to follow Victoria underscore Moran on Twitter or email her at MainStreetVegan at UnityOnlineRadio.org. Now, back to Main Street Vegan. Welcome back, everybody. Oh my gosh, this is the guest you have been waiting for. Just one announcement before I introduce basketball great John Sally is to remind you that there are a couple of new videos up on the Victoria Moran NYC YouTube channel. One is me in the morning. That presents the magical acronym of ME, meditation and exercise for changing your life. And the other video is learning humility from Muhammad Ali, a life-changing encounter I once had with the late great champ, a winner inside the ring and outside it, which is a similar trajectory to that taken by today's featured guest, John Sally a sports legend as the first basketball player in history to play on three different NBA championship winning teams, four championships in all, and the first player ever to win championships in three decades, followed by his current successful career as an actor and TV sports commentator, and also known as a vegan legend engaged in a variety of ethical business ventures and humanitarian causes, including video testimonials for our friends at PETA. And in December of last year, he encouraged Michelle Obama to go vegan for the planet. Welcome the John Sally. How are you? What an intro. (laughs) I'm pretty darn good, and I am so happy to be talking to you. I have great admiration for you, and I'm so excited that my listeners are going to have this time with you today. So take us back. There are a million little boys right now dreaming of doing what you did in basketball and then in acting and broadcasting. How did you get from the dream to the reality? Uh, I just lit it. I didn't let anybody tell me I couldn't do it. Uh, they, they were talking about me being seven foot tall, and, and it's hard to be that tall and fit in a the frame. They spoke about uh, literally um, you should only do one thing. Uh, you should work really hard and get in a job. Uh, and all the things that I kept thinking, I don't want to do that. I want to I want to be on television like John Carson. I want to. I want to do movies like Richard Pryor and and and, and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and, 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 and Ali and and, and uh, Jim Brown. I want to I want to literally have my own vegan products because it's so hard to find vegan products. So 
I wanted to do it all. And everybody would first tell me that you can't do it all. And I always wonder why. You know, that when you tell me I can't do it, that's crazy because I don't think anybody has the ability to tell me what I can't do when uh, they don't know all my capabilities. You know, that's like saying, yeah, Michael Jackson was singing at a young age. But to tell Michael Jackson he couldn't also act in the movies, and he couldn't uh, develop anything he wanted to develop. I just realized that in this life, you know, it, it's you do everything you want. Beyonce and Jay-Z, hello? I'm here. Yeah, Beyonce and Jay-Z, they all have the same 24 hours, 365 days we do. But it seems that they get all the different things accomplished. I wanted to get all the different things accomplished. I didn't want anybody telling me what I can't do. I want to, I want to do it first. And then if something turns out not to be um, what I expected, I then next time don't expect things. I believe everything is as it should be. Oh, that's great. What a wonderful way to look at life. So when did the vegan thing come in? I'd say eight and a half years ago. I did a PSA for PETA. And during that PSA, you know, they had all the food after. And, you know, my friend was with me, my sister was with me, and they were eating all the food, obviously, because I was, you know, doing the video. When the video was over, she said to me, you have to taste good food. And I went in and tasted the food, and that was all she wrote. I found out that my friend Dave, who used to own Madeline's Bistro, Dave Anderson, who worked at Beyond Meat, and still a good friend of mine, was a mile away from my house. I went to his restaurant, and from that point on, I went in and told my family not only were we going to stop being lying vegetarians by eating eggs and milk and, and turkey on Thanksgiving, acting like it was a thing we had to do because it was... Uh, ceremonial. We had to stop that, and I had to I had to be had to start telling the truth. And I decided at the age of forty, I was never going to lie again. So I couldn't lie, or I wouldn't lie. I wasn't going to lie about to myself at all. So that was my change. That is so interesting to me, John, because I had been vegetarian, tried to be vegan, semi-vegan, a little bit vegan, a little more vegan, until my daughter was born. And I looked down in the crib, and here was this innocent baby. And I thought, how can I say to this little being fresh from heaven, well, we don't drink milk at home because it really belongs to the baby calves, but when you go out, what else can you do? So that honesty is a huge piece that I think people don't talk about nearly enough. So, you have right Hello? now... Hi, are you there? John? Okay, listeners, we seem to have lost John Sally. So, let's uh, see what we can do about that. Okay. Okay, so while we are waiting for him to call back, um, we'll just chat. I had a lovely lunch today with Rindala Alajaji. You met Rindala when she co-hosted with... Oh, hey, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Hey, John. Hey. So, um, you have a million irons in the vegan fire. 
I mean, I first met you through the vegan wine company that you're involved with, the Vegan Vine. Let's let's start with that. Why vegan wine? Well, one of the first things I wanted to get into the beverage business, and one of it because that's the thing that can literally stay on the shelf and um, and not spoil. I was trying to get a product into, and I did. I finally got a product into um, what do you call it, uh, Walmart. And one of the ways he says you can have a product in Walmart if your product does not stay on the shelf. People buy it, and the shelf is never empty. So you also got to have things that in case they buy back. And I just thought, you know, we're, we're a country full of Jesus we're, we're hearing some background noise, John. Oh, and Jesus can make wine. Why can't I make wine? What's the bad thing about drinking? Is Jesus making wine? <laughs> right? So I decided to, as they say, do as Jesus did. And I decided to make wine. And then my friend introduced me to the people uh, who were making it, and they needed a place to do it. And at first, I just came in as a fan. Then I decided to literally take more into it. So I had more invested in it than I did before. So the name says the vegan vibe. And a lot of people don't like to use the vegan word. They think that's some kind of turnoff. So how do you feel about the word? Um, well, it is. It is a turnoff to a lot of people. A lot of people, it is turned off by a lot of so, you know, they go in, a lot of times you go in, the first thing I do is I run into somebody who puts up a wall as soon as they hear the word vegan. And, you know, I don't get a with it. I just explain what it means is somebody who is conscious. And if you're unconscious, like I tell people, if you're not conscious, if you're eating animals, you're unconscious. So you're doing it in your sleep. So you're not doing it with a full mind and not at your full place. Because to be conscious, you would realize that everything on the planet has a right to live. And no one has to die for you. We're not predators. Predators are different. We're not predators. And so I don't let people do away with that. I don't, I constantly focus on being... You're cutting out, John. I'm sorry. I focus on being the best human I can possibly be. I don't... I don't get it sideways. I don't, um, I let them know the reason we pick the word vegan is we stand for something. So I'm never letting that word, as they would say, um, be a, a, a negative thing. But a lot of people run into it. I say plant-based. Are you still here? Okay, seems like we lost John again. <laughs> oh my goodness. Here, let me just communicate with my lofty engineer. Okay. Can you you'll call him back or somebody will call back. This this is why we try to avoid cell phones when we do the show. They always seem to work when you're just talking person to person. But for this show, 
they leave something to be desired. So anyway, as I was telling you, I had lunch at the Jiva Mukti Cafe, one of my favorite places, and actually one of the few places in New York City where you can get this lovely healing Indian kind of soup stew called kitchari that people who are doing panchakarma, as I am now, are supposed to be eating quite a bit of. So we went there, and I got to meet Rindala's lovely, lovely mother, um, who's visiting from Saudi Arabia, and it's so fascinating to talk with someone who is a vegan, who comes from such a different culture. So I really feel like I didn't just go to Union Square for lunch, I kind of went around the world without a passport. So that was a really special gift. Jeff, do we have John back? Yes, I'm here. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm just telling I'm, stories. <laughs> I'm so, okay. I'm on Wi-Fi. I don't know why I was doing that. Oh, but, um, well, such is tech. Yes, just sometimes I think the word vegan scares a lot of people. They think it's a vampire. It's not a vampire. Uh, that's the only time that I would say it. the word can be... Could hurt, but right now with my company Violife, um, out of out of uh, Greece, we have a cheese that a lot of people are eating. Um, other we make it for other people, but we're about to start bringing it into America. It's in oh, it's in Europe, but we call it plant based, and we yes. just leave it at that. Yeah, I think both ways work. If we're going to reach everybody, we have to use every kind of word and every kind of tactic. And, That's right. And there's nothing better than cheese. <laughs> I said that too. The deal was I had been so many things I, you know, was trained to eat. Whether well, it was, you know, it was bad for me. But I ate it and I liked it. So I decided to start making things. That my burger's coming out, uh, the Better Pizza, B-E-T-T-A, stands for Better Eating Today, Tomorrow, Always. Um, that's plant-based and vegan, um, different things, Italian sausage, uh, um, with, um, uh, sriracha, uh, sriracha, different, um, creams in it. I mean, I made it exactly to taste like the other stuff. Yeah. But it, but it, but it'd be vegan. And the reason, well, it, it sounds says, better Why? than the other stuff. Yeah, and the reason is because we've been trained all these years that that was food. So to to retrain all these years for people to realize it's going to take a long time. But we're just at the beginning. I might as well give me something, give you something you like, but no animals die for you to get it. That'd be the cool thing. Exactly, and some people will want to evolve to more fruits and vegetables, and. You know, others just need a whole lot of pizza. Yeah, a it's whole lot of pizza. <laughs> so you have also a health coach program? Yeah, so I uh, became a certified health coach uh, through the Health Coach Institute. and But, you know, they don't, they're not really plant-based. So I broke off from them and started my own health coaching company um, with a couple of uh, other health coaches who have gone through different systems. But we're all plant-based. I have. I work with Dr. Joel Kahn, who I can't wait to give you his number. Oh, I so have. I love him. Yeah. He's so he's one of my favorite people on the planet. Yeah, I agree. And, uh, we'll, 
we're working with the NBA, uh, NBA, a retired NBA player right now named Derek Coleman who had heart problems. Mm. And we put him on the vegan diet and on a couple other protocols. So we're, we're you know, I'm, my focus is, you know, saving as many animals as possible. But the other focus is, since I was an NBA player, is to help retired NBA players. In the past um, 13 months, 11 NBA players have died from heart disease. Oh my goodness! I, I warned, yeah, I warned them. I told them. I found this evidence out a little while ago that the way we die is from heart disease, and they need to do something about it. And the eleventh one died just the other day in Detroit. They had a heart um, awareness with the players to let them know this is real. This is happening. Um, and hopefully we'll get through to them and we can get to the point. And, but I'm telling them, a lot of them are not, you know, a lot of guys are not going to, you know, follow what you say, Sal. And I said, okay, the more that die from what I tell you we can, we can get away from, the more of them that die, the easier it's going to be to convince them that they could be next. When, you, when they see the research and they see what they're doing, it will it will wake up some guys and they will make a decision. Have a big old steak and have a heart attack or get the oils out of your blood now and stay alive. So they're gonna have a choice. But now it's not gonna be a hard choice. It's gonna be it's gonna be a life choice. So it's it, I'm I'm sad that we have to do it this way or it had to come about when certain people had to give up their lives for people to stop paying attention. But whatever it takes, sometimes it takes. Well, that was actually one of the other questions I was going to ask you. If you have advice for former athletes, and even not necessarily professional athletes, but guys who were really active, and they get into their 40s and 50s, and the punch sets in, and the TV looks good. So how does that man, or, or, or woman either, motivate himself to stay active when, when he gets a little bit older? Um, well, this is the deal. I, I don't believe in running. I believe in walking. I don't believe your body should leave the ground. After a certain age, there's too much pressure on your joints. Um, that, that's me personally. I, I don't run. But walking, making sure you know what you eat, a ton of things that help your blood go through your go through your uh, through your veins properly. There's a machine that we literally put you on that will help clear our old arteries, make new ones, and um, and clear our veins from from um, fat. And I got to tell people, like, when they eat the flesh, right, if you eat red meat or you eat the chicken. John, did we lose you again? <laughs> oh, you know what, get, uh, um, listeners, this is so worth <laughs> <laughs> putting up with a little bit of uh, technical difficulties. I'm really loving the things he has to say. And, oh, my gosh, he's involved in a dozen things. John, are you back? Okay. 
All right. Um, he did mention Dr. Joel Kahn. Dr. Joel Kahn has been a guest on this show. If you just go to the Unity Online Radio site, and there's actually a search box, so you don't have to scroll down. You can just put in Joel Kahn, K-A-H-N, and you can hear his show. Dr. Kahn is a wonder. Because even though he is a longtime vegan, he's an ethical vegan and staunchly behind a whole foods plant-based diet, he's also a holistic cardiologist. So he goes into the details about other things and auxiliary things and helpful things that you don't hear everywhere. So do get to know uh, Dr. Khan if that's somebody you haven't met yet. Okay, we are still waiting for John. So I'm going to tell you something really fun and exciting and creative that I'm doing. I was at Panchakarma and and the practitioner was feeling my pulses and she said, oh, your digestion is better. This is better. That's better. She said, but your mind is still racing. And it's like, of course it is because I'm in the creative process. I'm working on a one-woman show called The Making of a Main Street Vegan that I'm going to preview at Vegetarian Summerfest in Johnstown, Pennsylvania next month. So if you're at Summerfest, yeah. Okay. I never quite know when you're back, John, so I'm just talking. <laughs> so anyway. I don't you know why you... I'm standing next to it. I'm standing next to, the, uh, to my... Well, to sometimes my I think... We... We're just challenged uh, because this information is so good. We have to work a little harder to get it. So it's you the were government just trying to cut us off. Oh, that's probably it. That is probably <laughs> it. You know, at one time my husband and I were watching TV. Or no, we weren't watching TV. I'm sorry. We were sitting in our living room. The TV was not even on. This was during the Bush administration. And spontaneously, the TV comes on. Nobody touched a clicker, and there was George Bush addressing the nation. And we really thought that that was um, Big Brother had entered. So yeah, it, and it knew that you two needed to hear it. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, you're being watched. Just, just <laughs> funny, funny, silly. We're only joking on our church station here. So you were just <laughs> finishing up about how people stay motivated to to make well, changes when they're no longer young. Um, my father used to say, you don't get old being no fool. <laughs> but <laughs> there's a lot of people who they can't, you know, you can't teach your old dog new tricks, but you, you definitely have to pay attention. When you know you can't just go out and party and jump up and run and play, you know. You know when it's time to take care of your car. And I say that all the time. People take care of their car way better than they do their body. And, and they should and they should reverse that. Imagine the way guys take care of their cars and the shows I see on TV. I mean, once I see them, once I see that, I'm like, okay, take care of your body the same way you take care of that inanimate object. At least try to. Yeah, that's so, so wise. Treat it like a car. Treat it like <laughs> you know you only got that one car and you got to get to work. You don't want any. You don't want to rely on anybody else to take care of you. It's just like that with your body. Very wise, especially for the guys out there. So.
So, John, I heard you speak at Hip Hop is Green here in Harlem a couple of months ago, and you told a sweet story about going out with friends, and you were out, you know, walking on the streets very late at night, but you said you felt really safe because one of your friends projected such a protective healing aura, and a guy who was sitting near me said, yeah, but you're also seven feet tall, so tell us... Do you have a spiritual life? Where do you come down on all that? Yes. Um, so, I'm going to not get away from people, but part of the reason um, I've had the success I've had is because I paid attention to my spiritual side. I realized a lot that was in the Bible that a lot of people don't realize. And I literally used it to my favor. What I mean by that, the stories in the Bible where Jesus was speaking of the power of believing and knowing that you have the ability to do certain things. And he was walking, they spoke of a man, he was walking the road of, down the road and he said, Lord, heal me. And he said, do you believe I can heal you? And he said, I do. He said, then you are healed. Just by the fact of believing that you can heal we look at this movie, The Matrix, right? And all of a sudden, Morpheus believed so hard that this is the way it was going to be, that it became part of the, what it is. And that's what I mean. You are in charge of your universe. Um, I grew up I grew up in Tennessee, in Brooklyn. I could have stayed one of those thug, knucklehead kids who believe, you know, it's hard out here and I got to take it from somebody else. Or... I can be one of those knucklehead kids who say, I'm not going to take anybody else's. I'm going to make my own lane. That's being in spiritual. That's being connected with your spirit and what you're supposed to do, your path. So I take that all as my way of saying what my spirituality is. And I literally use the God inside of me. And- the only time we got. This is true, and it shows. So can you address uh, Hip Hop is Green uh, a little bit and, and some of the special concerns in the black community with health and, uh, you know, the American diet? Uh, oh, yeah. Well, see, I would, I would say, and I, I'm told a story, when they started, you know, all the comedians make jokes about, about, the, uh, about the government cheese. And I remember I told my mother, we shouldn't get it. And she was like, you're going to get online. You're going to stop being so prideful. And you're going to get that. So it's not being prideful, man. I said, when has the government ever given us anything? Why would they give us cheese? And I just looked at her. She was like, they're giving us cheese. You're going to wait on the line. And I remember taking some of that cheese in my project and, and putting it on a, on a mousetrap to see if it was going to catch anything. The cheese didn't change form. No, no rats was around it. I told my mom, I don't think this is cheese. Now, flash to 30 years later, what is our biggest problem? Dairy products. Right? The reason they had that cheese, we found out, is because they had a surplus. Had nothing to do with it. So it wasn't like they were giving it to us because it was good for us. They were giving it to us so they could look like they were giving us something. And they can show the whole country eating dairy products. So they kind of set us up to lose. I didn't want to be a part of that anymore. I tell all these cats, and I said, all right, you go around all you want 
and you start talking about what's food. If it's food, why would you only have to pay a dollar? Five ninety nine. We know food costs more than that. All of a sudden, when you're hungry and you don't have any money in your pocket, that becomes food? That's not food. One of the things I used to tell the people in the black community is we're still eating plenty of food. Really, really got a lot of people upset. And I explained what I meant. I said the difference now is we don't have to steal it. We used to have to steal the chitlin and the chicken wing and the oxtail and the ox tongue from the garbage. Now they just go in the grocery store and pay money for it. When it used to be what was thrown away by the masters. Now that becomes our delicacy and that's the way you want to eat. Soul food is vegan food. Soul food is feed the soul. Not take from someone else's soul or something else's. That's not what it would be. So I tell that to them all the time. I go, we can't keep accepting because they put it out there and they think it's good for us. You have to literally question everyone. You have to literally question everything. You have to you have to make sure it works in your favor that it that it blesses the food, that you are literally not continuing this I guess this downward spiral that we got going on in our hood. I made a joke about it. We used to like always talk and say things and I can say to people why they let the Bronx look like that? It's because it's a land grab. You try to get up, watch Manhattan, so what happened in Brooklyn? You're not paying attention to your property. And so we just have to be better as a people and the way to talk to people, especially people of color, is through our music. We've always done it that way. So hip hop green with a couple of hip hop artists, which are the ones making all the waves now. It's not the R&B artist, um, besides Beyonce. It's the hip hop artist because that's the, that's the music of the t- of the now. You got Kendrick Lamar, you got um, J Cole, Beyonce, um, Lupe Fiasco, Styles P, Styles P, and and Jada Kiss. They're involved in opening up juice bars in in, in neighborhoods that are predominantly minority. That shows that things are changing. And my boy Paul, Styles P said, "If we can have a liquor store on every corner, we can have a juice bar on every corner." Amen. If we can be. If we can be unhealthy, we can be healthy. I'm not saying you know everything has its opposite. So we need to make sure that the opposite is healthy, because we know what the status quo is unhealthy. True, true. So in terms of, of health care in this country, I, I know the first time I, I met you at, at Blossom Carmine for the Vegan Vine event, you were talking about a, an idea for a vegan hospital. Is that something that's still on the drawing board? Yeah, we, we lost out to the hospital at UCLA. They decided oh. to buy this whole hospital. That's okay. We're, we're, part of my health, part of what I'm doing with, with the health company and the health coaching is, and I'm bringing to him MBA. I even got L.A. Reid, who was um, who was like the head of Epic Records now. DJ Khaled tried the vegan diet for 22 days. Once I get in touch with him, yeah, it's it's literally. I wanted. I'm working with um, a wonderful place here in California called Acosta. Um, that's where Deepak Chopra has his um, 
Uh, he has a yoga center. He has a wellness suite. I'm, I'm working. I'm going down to see it this weekend. And that would be a place, a destination where people can come to, and we can put them through a process. It's, it's kind of pricey for, for those who can't do it. But the hospital part, I really thought if we had a hospital uh, just like a couple of, like up in Denver, up in um what is it called, uh, Oregon, where you have a hospital of holistic alternative medicine, which would bring in the Chinese medicine, the Arabic medicine, um, herbs, and, and, and different things, food, of course. It would be like what uh, Dr. Cousins is doing in Arizona with, uh, mm-hmm. with diabetes. I, did, I was a part of a documentary uh, for, for a small part as an executive producer on Simply Raw, reversing diabetes in 30 days. Yes. And I kind of I kind of got into it because my father had diabetes and I was looking through all the Chinese medicine to help him. And after 10 years, he no longer needed to take insulin. We changed his diet, changed the salts and the sugars that he was, uh, that was part of his intake. And we changed it all. Then we, uh, he wound up getting cancer, dying from cancer. My, my focus is better on cancer. So now I have guana, guana banana oil and powder. I have uh, turmeric, um, uh, moringa. Like I'm finding all these different things that help on a cellular level, so many different things. So I'm still doing it, but just not as big as I was trying to do it the first time. Well, you know, sometimes you do the smaller way first and something bigger than you ever dreamed comes next, as I'm sure <laughs> you could write the book on that. Yeah, John, one, of our, one of our things, yeah, I say is uh, small hinges open big doors. Ah, beautiful. Well, you are such an inspiration to fans and, and followers and vegans, and I'm sure to your very fortunate family. So thank you very, very much for taking this time with us today. We're so lucky to have had these minutes with you and to be on the earth at the same time as you. So in closing, thanks, John Sally. He is johnsally.com, the John Sally on Twitter. All of that will go on the Main Street Vegan show notes. Thanks also to James Lucas, greatcat.com, great cats on Twitter. And thanks to Unity Online Radio Engineer Just Comfort. And thanks most of all to you for listening. Next week's guest, filmmaker Thomas Wade Jackson of the documentary in production, The Compassion Project, along with Mark Hawthorne with his brand new book, The Vegan Ethic. And we'll be doing a giveaway from the good people at Bob's Red Mill. So listen live if you can, noon Pacific, 3 Eastern time on Wednesday. Call in, be a winner. Of course, you're already a winner. God bless you. Eat your veggies. Thank you for listening to Main Street Vegan. Join us every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Central Time as Victoria Moran entertains, educates, and inspires you on your vegan journey. This program is sponsored by Main Street Vegan. To learn more about Victoria or to explore training with Main Street Vegan Academy as a vegan lifestyle coach, go to www.mainstreetvegan.net. That's www.mainstreetvegan.net.
God is formless, yet takes many forms. What goes around comes around. Chant the name of the Lord and be free. No one comes to the Father except through me. Ever been confused by the variety and apparent contradiction within world religions? Join Reverend Paul John Roach every Tuesday for insight into those principles held in common by all the great religious traditions in world spirituality, exploring the unity within all cultures and faith traditions. Using discussions, interviews, humor, insight, and practical advice, we will clarify the confusion and reveal simple yet profound truths. Call in with your questions and ideas and help break down the barriers that separate us from one another. That's World Spirituality with Paul John Roach, Tuesdays at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern, here on Unity FM, the voice of an awakening world. Many of us have heard someone say, I've learned my lesson. I'll never do that again. All too rarely do we hear, that was a wonderful lesson. I'm glad it happened just the way it did, even though I was uncomfortable going through it. I now understand why I experienced the pain. With this new awareness, I can change my behavior so I won't make the same mistake in the future. We bear a good part of the responsibility for creating both the positive and the negative situations we experience in daily life. Wisdom comes from understanding the result of our choices and realizing that we can always choose differently. By fearlessly confronting the role you play and the experiences you may have judged as mistakes in your life, you can make future experiences fruitful and increase your wisdom. This Law of Life is brought to you by Unity. To find a Unity Church near you, visit www.unity.org. Does music open your heart and bring you peace and joy? Experience the sacredness of sound with Ramdesh Kaur as we travel the world of mantra, kundalini yoga, and devotional music. Join us for a journey into spirit, Thursdays at 4 p.m. Central, 5 p.m. Eastern, on Spirit Voyage Radio with Ramdesh. Only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. For help on your path to healing? I'm Lisa Campion. I'm a psychic, Reiki master, teacher, and energy healer. On my podcast, The Miracle of Healing, I'm going to help you on your healing path. Listen to conversations with leading teachers in energy medicine, quantum healing, and people who have recovered from loss and illness. Whether it's to take care of your own healing or to help other people, this is the podcast for you right here on mindbodyspirit.fm. <laughs> 